right, we got a debate for you guys tonight. This is gonna be super fun, okay? This is the first debate we've had on the conversation. Formally, I'm moderating, I'm not involved in the debate. Uh, let me introduce uh, both uh, the participants and then the topic. Matt Sheffield's gonna represent the left basically here. He's the editor and publisher of Flux and the host of Theory of Change. And uh, and Matt uh, used to be a right winger. He's a turncoat. He was a critical part of Newsbusters <laughs> and uh, managing editor of uh, of the Washington Examiner. And then on the right um, is uh, Joe Pinion. He is used to have a host. Uh, he used to host a show on Newsmax, but now he's running for U.S. Senate. You could tell with the flag in the background. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Joe is running against Chuck Schumer. So uh, and 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 the topic, and this is interesting, is critical race theory. Uh, and since this is the first one we're doing, I'm gonna real quick lay out the rules. Uh, and they're very simple, no filibustering. You got about a minute to answer the questions, and I'm gonna keep time. Uh, you gotta listen to the moderator, no personal attacks, and we'll have a minute uh, closing statements at the end, okay? So, fight. No, I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> Joe, let's start with you, okay? <laughs> first question goes to you. Um, so, we know that critical race theory is taught in graduate level uh, classes and in law schools, etc. But is it actually taught in K through 12 anywhere in the country? Look, I think the actual premise of the question is a misnomer. I think similar to Kleenex, it has become a colloquial catch-all to mean a great many things to a great many people. And I think get frustrated and I think a lot of people get frustrated and the public get misinformed when people are smart enough and intelligent enough to know about Derek Bell and the the scholastic origins of critical race theory. I don't understand that those are not the things that are driving your average parent to the PTA meeting enraged. Parents are upset about the fact that they feel as if in some ways their child is being taught to either hate themselves or being told that somehow their child has to have another child get out of the way for them to succeed. Um, And we can have very nuanced conversations about the history of race in this country and certainly uh, the legacy of subjugation for black and brown people from the formation of this nation. But certainly um, this is a conversation that baffles my mind uh, because again, people intelligent enough to recognize uh, the nuances of race, the legacy of hysteric uh, of of the racism that we have had to deal with in this country. uh, Similarly, put their head in the sand and don't want to actually recognize the frustration and the dignity of the parents who simply want to do what they can, where they can uh, to protect their children. So Joe, I'm gonna stay with you because you seem to be acknowledging that it's not actually taught in high schools or junior highs or elementary school. Well, so- I'll put it this way, right? I think what, again, it's this, we're having two parallel conversations simultaneously, which leads to a lot of confusion for a lot of people. I think if you're talking about the actual scholastic teachings of critical race theory as envisioned by people like Derek Bell, then certainly no, that is not being taught in schools. But when parents show up, they are talking about the fact, I mean, look, I've been traveling across New York State, I'm running for US Senate. People will talk about critical race theory and then pivot to their frustration that they're concerned that four and five and six year olds are gonna be taught about masturbation. Certainly, irrespective of whether you think that is happening in a pervasive manner or not, that has 
absolutely nothing to do with critical race theory. But again, as I said in our opening here, it has become a catch all for policies that have found their way into curriculum that parents are concerned about. Now we can have a conversation about if those concerns are founded, how pervasive that curriculum has become. But certainly again, if we're going to engage in this topic, honestly, we have to recognize that there is a distinction between the scholastic aptitude that is prescribed in the theory. And also again, the common everyday usage of the phrase that people are using to describe a great many things. So I wanna get back to what, what exactly that means in a little bit, but then I wanna try to equal out the time here. Matt, um, so uh, Joe says, look, parents are concerned uh, and they might be concerned about different topics, as he mentioned, but one of them is race. And they don't want to be taught that, hey, because of your particular race, that you should be made to feel guilty about it, etc. Should we not take parents' concerns into account? We should take parents' concerns into account. But it is very important to stress that you know these idea uh, this idea of critical race theory being taught in school um, is not true. It was actually the deliberate creation of a right wing political activist. Um, his name is Christopher Rufo, and he literally wrote on Twitter that the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We have decodified the term and will recodify it to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. So this is a political strategist, Republican political strategist. And he laid out exactly what they were trying to do. This is not a sincere concern about public policy. And we know that because when you look at the Republican, you know, the Republican Party's education policy, whether it's at for Donald Trump or Betsy DeVos or you know any of these other people, their solution is always eliminate the Department of Education, eliminate this, eliminate that, censor this, ban that. That's all they want to do. They actually don't have an agenda that they want to talk about in terms of they don't want to engage the policy seriously. Yep. All right, Joe, so let's address that then. Uh, Matt's saying, hey, look, you guys want to do censorship here and say you're not allowed to talk about this or that. So give us a little bit of clarity. You you admit that critical race theory is a way of thinking about the issue and it's kind of a catch all for race. So what about race uh, should we not teach the kids? Well, look, again, I think that the structure of the question is deficient. First and foremost, just have to unpack some of what obviously my colleague here said. I don't speak for every single Republican. I am a Republican registered voter. I'm a Republican nominee for US Senate against Chuck Schumer. But I'm here to advocate for ideas that make sense, that make sure that most Americans and all Americans get the slice of opportunity that they deserve. When you talk about education, yes, let's acknowledge the fact that here in New York, 60% of the children are not reading at grade level. And most specifically, that has the highest level of impact on black and brown students. And so when you're talking about how do you create equity in an educational system, certainly we should be focused on making sure that the students who walk into the school building walk out with the skills they need to become the best version of themselves. I think there are a great many parents, black and white alike, who are frustrated by the fact that there has been such 
and actual impetus put behind things that are not rooted in the tools people need to actually become fully functioning adults in society. Yes, absolutely. We have to know where we have been in order to make sure we get exactly where we're intended to become, which is to become a nation that is that more perfect union. And we've yeah. made many stumbles along the way. Racism is alive as we speak. Certainly, we've seen it. We don't have to look any further than Buffalo, New York, where we had people go victim shopping, drove past perfectly good supermarkets to find black people to kill based on the color of their skin, the zip code in which they live. So certainly, again, this notion right. that there are people who have hatred in their heart is real. The notion that there have always been people who have never wanted to tell the full story of the suffering that black people in this country have experienced, that is very real. Certainly, my colleague doesn't think that he has the right to tell me that I am somehow devoid of understanding of what it is to be a black person in this country. Right. So I'm quite clear on the fact that there are people who will show up in my email box just to call me everything but a child of God. But I'm also quite clear on the fact that most parents who are struggling to put food on their table are not showing up at the PTA meetings because they have hatred in their heart for black people. They have concerns and okay. us deflecting from those concerns, I think becomes problematic in solving the problem. And again, getting Joe, away from what my colleague actually described Joe, I gotta as step the in. politics. I, so that was, almost, that was almost two minutes. I gotta step in and I gotta ask you another question because we've got to make this specific. So you say parents concerns, I understand that. I asked Matt about that, I'll go back and ask him again. But we gotta be clear about what parents concern. So we know critical race theory isn't being taught. So, for, so let me give you two examples. If they were to teach at the high school level institute that institutional racism exists, like for example, the history of redlining in regards to housing for African Americans in this country, how they were denied, you know, the ability to buy houses in certain places, the ability to get mortgages, or the disparity in in pot arrests when white people and black people smoke pot at the same amount, but black people get arrested at 3.6 times the rate. So, would that be an acceptable thing to teach, or you say no, I, that shouldn't be taught? I don't think that anyone's complaining about that. And I think again, it's disingenuous when we engage these conversations to use that as the basis for saying, oh, this is what people are pushing back against. That is, that, that's really just not accurate. I think again, we have to tell people the whole story of what happened in this country. From what happened to Native Americans, the subjugation of black people, which is the foundation of the economic base for this nation to become the most powerful nation in this world. All of those things are real and we have to be honest about all of these things. What is is not comforting to a lot of people is the fact that yes, the same people smart enough, wise enough, intelligent enough to recognize that we have to have an honest reckoning with the redlining, with the fact that we built bridges at a certain height to prevent certain buses from getting to other parts of town, somehow turn a blind eye to the fact that things like school choice have been proven to be an actual vehicle to provide children of need with greater access to educational opportunities. So again, it is the select outrage that turns a blind out blind eye to the real suffering that people are enduring. And I think if we're talking about the white parents, because we're talking about race, so let's just be frank about it, call a spade a spade. Yes, are there white parents who are uncomfortable talking about race at all? Yes, 
period. Of course, that is true. But I think they weren't showing up at the PTA meetings and they're not just showing up because some colleague in who's a Republican who is probably just as unrecognizable to them as Derek Bell is, is talking about critical race theory. They're showing up because of things they saw in textbooks, things they heard on Zoom when we were locked down that they found to be somewhat questionable. That is something that we need to talk about and dancing around that issue is why we actually can't solve the real issue. Which by the way, actually hurts real progress for the black and brown children that people are saying, claiming that they're so concerned about. Okay, Matt, I think some of the concerns that people have, and they've voiced some of these at the town halls, the Zoom meetings that Joe's referring to, is they feel like teaching about institutional racism in some ways is trying to convince white people that they're inherently racist and should feel guilty about their advantages. So. Is it fair for a parent to come out and say, look, I don't want my kids taught that that they're the bad guys? Well, I mean, the reality is when you look at the curriculums that are have been put out there that, you know, like, so for instance, Florida, the, the Republican communications director for Governor Ron DeSantis, the Republican there, she's come out with numerous allegations about things she claims were taught in classrooms and all of her stuff just turns out to be not true. And so these are all kind of manufactured allegations about so and so said this and then when people look at it, oh no, they didn't. Like I'll give you an example that you know, somewhat recently there was this allegation that made by Republicans nationwide and Fox News broadcasted probably hundreds of times that you know they were claiming that there was a school um, that was had put a litter box inside of a restroom of, of the school and that it was supposedly because there were children who said they were furries. Um, and it was total nonsense, it was a lie, it was a fabrication, but nobody in right wing media ever checks anything. And this is part of why I left that world because anything that goes into their you know preconceived uh, poorly informed view of the world, well then it's true in their mind, they never bother to check it. And of course, this story was not true. There was no litter box in any of these schools anywhere, um, and 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 that just happens time after time after time. So now there are, you know, obviously parents have the right. I'm a parent. Parents have the right to be concerned about the things that are going on in their classrooms of their children. Um, but the reality is, if you want to know what's going on in the classroom. You can ask your child. You can show up to the PTA meeting. You can, you know, any all schools basically allow parents to sign up to become, um, you know, mentors in the classroom and assistants to the teacher. So if you really actually want to know, you can do that. You can show up and you can be there and uh, see what your child is learning. So that's the reality of this stuff. And you know, the, these right wing consultants have just come up with this strategy of, well, we don't really have anything to say about public education other than kill the Department of Education. So we're gonna distract people with nonsense about imaginary litter boxes. Okay, so Joe, it, it is true that certainly some people complained about uh, things that were not real. Right, so the the furry example is true. That's happened in a couple of instances. Sure, and 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 people do think that not everybody, but a lot of people do think it's actually critical race theory itself that's being taught. When that, as you acknowledge, that's not the case. So what do we what do we do with parents who come in and who are genuinely outraged, defended, etc., but they don't happen to be right? So what do we do with that? I think this conversation becomes ground zero for 
the type of dialogue that is missing. My colleague points out that all Republicans want to do is get rid of the Board of Education, the Department of Education. To be clear, the only person who's talked about it since we've started this conversation is him. When we talk about the fact that there are parents who have concerns, it may not be rooted in truth. Again, respectfully, people on the right side of the aisle are not the only people who have lacked the tools they need to identify a primary source. The lack of information that we have for everyday Americans to be able to ascertain truth from fiction has been a plague that is not just a partisan reality, it is a human reality because of the fact that we have not kept up with the technological revolution that is occurring in this country and in this world. So again, yes, we have to be very specific about the fact that yes, you may be concerned, but not all of your concerns are rooted in truth. But I also think that this notion that we're just going to dismiss all concerns out of hand is a problem. You're saying that somehow your parents are supposed to show up, they are showing up. And yet when they show up, they're called the terrorist. They're placed on a terrorist watch list. That's not a Republican talking point. These are things that have happened. So again, to dismiss out of hand that everything that is a concern is just some Republican talking points as if the people on the left side of the aisle don't have talking points as well. But I guess their talking points are righteous, ours are evil. Again, that's not yeah. constructive dialogue. Constructive right. dialogue for me is us sitting down and saying, what is truthful, what is not truthful? And in the case of critical race theory, whatever, you, again, it's a catch all. But if you just want to talk about what the parents went to the school about, yeah, there are people more concerned about the fact that they think one plus one equals three, and that's fine. But somehow we're more concerned about the, the sentence that was used to get the math problem than they are about the fact that the answer to the math problem was wrong. I see. So part of your point is priorities. Okay, I understand that. So, Matt, I'm going to go to you. So, 1619 Project. Put slavery at the center of America's founding. And that description, I think, is relatively fair about the 1619 project that was published in the New York Times. Can you see how some parents in the country might object to that and say, yes, slavery was a very important part of our country, but I don't want it taught that it was the center of American history and the America America's founding? Well, I would. Say that you know a number of of uh, historians on the center to left side of the aisle have actually criticized the 1619 project as not being accurate from their standpoint. So like there's this guy named Sean Willens, uh, he's written extensively critically against that um, that series. I mean, but the reality is that whatever you think about that series, um, it you know you need to come up with something. Better than that, if you don't like it, because the reality is, you know, kids need to be taught about the true history of what happened in this country, and I think it's that is a debatable point as to the you know the centrality of slavery in in the United States, the history of the United States. But at the same time, it was certainly there, you know, very very early on before a lot of people paid attention to it historic, you know, in in the classroom. And so uh, the, the, these are things that are worth discussing and are worth talking about. But when you look at what the Republican sort of counter to it was, they so the uh, right uh, in the final days of the Trump administration, they came out with their own uh, report, which they called the 1776 Commission. Um, and that commission actually didn't have 
if I remember right, didn't have even one professional historian where I had like one or two out of like 16 or 20 people. Um, and the document they produced was just nonsense. It was filled with Christian supremacism. It was filled with, you know, partisan, um, you know, recitations of, of talking points. Like it was not a work of history. It was a work of of polemicism and and again like I yeah. you don't have to take take the 1619 project as as gospel but the reality is in Florida they literally banned it they banned it from being taught in schools and that is the ultimate in cancel culture in censorship like the the Republican party across the board is the one that's trying to literally burn books. There's Republicans in, in Virginia that have talked about how we need to take these books and burn them. And, and there have been school board members and Republican state legislators in a number of states that have said that. Yeah. So this okay. isn't this is a real censorship problem here. I, I understand. Joe, um, look, you mentioned one plus one equals three and we, we can't teach that. That's wrong, right? So and and you and you've acknowledged well, that some of the concerns of the parents are not factually based but we should be you know considerate of them and that and that's why this is an interesting issue so what if they're concerned about teaching evolution but evolution is a fact and it is critical i mean you almost can't teach biology without evolution so well, what if they say, a majority of the parents say i don't want you to teach actual science because I, I don't like evolution. What do we do then? Well, I mean, I, I think really we're now we're engaging in this uh, hypothetical arguments where we're arguing about things that are not really happening in well, a that's widespread critical race theory I would, too. I, I, I look, I could make the argument. Well, I, I, Actually, I would it's agree. real with I, evolution. I, 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 well, I, I didn't interrupt you. So what I will say this is that at the end of the day, uh, what again, as I've said from the beginning, if you want to harp on the fact that critical race theory is not being taught in the schools as defined by the people who wrote the curriculum that is taught in a college level classroom, then yes, congratulations, uh, you are actually correct. But then there's no reason for us to have this conversation because we could have solved that problem uh, in the first five minutes of this conversation. The question for me, at least for the purposes of having a public dialogue is to say, what is it that people are trying to communicate when they say the words critical? race theory? Why is it that we can somehow understand that everyone is not possessed with the robust vocabulary that allows them to accurately articulate exactly what it is that they're concerned about? And yet somehow those same people have all the wherewithal to understand all these other nuance issues all the way down to the 1619 project. So I think again, boiling it down to its finer parts, yes, there are plenty of people on both sides of the political persuasion who are unmoved and unmotivated by facts that deviate from their social view. And I think that we as a responsibility teaching young people have a responsibility to make sure that the information they go home with is accurate. But I think to your point previously, we have to make sure that we have priorities and the priority of the educational system is to educate our children and our children are not being educated. And so you have parents who on right. some basic level had resigned themselves to the fact that kids were not getting the education that they reserved. And that's yeah. a sad state of affairs in America. But then on top of that now felt not only are the kids not getting the education that they deserve, but now they're coming home with ideas that in some ways they feel are in many ways either 
and the antithesis of what they're actually being taught at home with the values that they think that they want right. to instill in their children or having conversations earlier in a child's life than they think is appropriate. And I yeah. think those are serious conversations that need to be had. And I think just dismissing them out of hand by saying, "Oh, well, that's not the classical critical race theory. Um, in some ways it's irresponsible because it doesn't actually solve the problem. All right, so we've got very limited time now. Let's go to concluding statements, one minute each. Um, uh, Matt, you go first. Sure, um, well, so parents have absolutely have the right to be concerned about their children's education. Uh, but in terms of understanding what their children are being taught, they need to not look to biased uh, politically political consultants who have an agenda which is designed to for their, their political party. And you need to actually look at the papers, ask the teachers, talk to the schools and get involved. So and, and instead of just showing up and spouting nonsense about imaginary litter boxes. And, and the reality is that you know, Christopher Rufo, the guy who came up with this um, strategy of, you know, turning it into political football. This dude literally works for the Discovery Institute, which is a Seattle-based organization that promotes creationism in American schools. This guy works for them, so that is his agenda. That's his his employer's agenda is to promote creationist nonsense in schools, and so. Right. And also okay. to elect Republicans. That he's he said it. So like right. we need to to get real information and to uh, you know let people who have real concerns have them. Okay. And Joe, final thoughts. Uh, look, I, I've tried my best not to have any ad hominem attacks on my uh, colleague here. Um, again, people are entitled to their own opinion and not entitled to their own facts. Uh, the purpose of public dialogue platforms like the Young Turks is to allow people uh, to get information. Certainly there are people on the right side that y'all I disagree with. Don't speak for all Republicans. At the end of the day, we're all Americans trying to make sure that we're pursuing uh, a nation that gives dignity to all people, all colors, all creeds. If we're talking about critical race theory, we have to talk about race. We've got a painful legacy of race. We've got people in this country that don't want to acknowledge that racism is still alive and lately it has not been concealed. But I think in some ways, again, having these conversations demands that people engage in the conversation with a certain level of decency, a certain level of intellectual integrity, and also a certain level of openness. I'm open to the idea that I do not have all the answers. But certainly when you have someone who is unilaterally disregarding the actual ambitions or concerns or beliefs of people on the other side of the political persuasion out of hand makes it very difficult to have an honest conversation. Makes it very difficult okay. when apparently you're just reduced to the letter next to your name on a voter registration card as if somehow a lifetime of experiences living in this country in our racial driven existence that is now thinly hidden beneath the surface does not necessarily give me a unique perspective that one yeah. could benefit from. So that's what we I think unfortunately don't have enough of. but all Always good to, to join and engage with you, Sank, and hopefully we can do this again some other time. All right, wonderful. Guys, we did it. That was the first debate. That was excellent. I appreciate it. You guys were both civil and, and on point. So Joe Pinion running for Senate in New York against Chuck Schumer, Matt Sheffield, editor and publisher of Flux. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. We appreciate it. Have a good Thanks, one. Jake.